You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, America, and welcome to Talking Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talking Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talking Pets, heard coast to coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talking Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is Maria Ryan. Here to answer your training questions and your behavior questions about your pets at 866-606-8255. That's 866-606-TALK. So pick up the phone and give us a call. When you call into that number, 866-606-8255, you'll speak with Mr. Zach Buden at Business Talk Radio Network, and he'll put you on the air with us. The show is produced by executive producer, Miss Amanda Page. Hey there, Johnny boy. Hey, Mandy. How are you? Doing good. Happy to be here. And we have a special guest joining us in this hour. His name is Richard Redak. He's going to be coming on with us shortly. He's got a book out there called Bugs Rule, an introduction to the world of insects. The show is brought to you in part by Earth Friendly Natural Pet, the number one stain and odor remover in the country. That is Earth Friendly. But once again, I'm John Patch. And I'm Maria Ryan. And Amanda Page. And you're listening to Talking Pets. And you're listening to Talking Pets. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Maria Ryan. And Amanda Page. Can you guys name this tune? It's the, it's the sweet. It's the instrumental to a certain movie. I, well, I know the answer. I'd be cheating. We already know, right? So, <laughs> come on. Kids. It's a bug's life. There you go. A bug's life. And how appropriate because we're going to be talking bugs. This is an absolutely phenomenal book. It's called Bugs Rule, an Introduction to the World of Insects. It's actually by Whitney Cranshaw and Richard Redak. They're uh, co-authors to the book. And by the way, we're going to be giving away a couple of the books, so uh, stay tuned for that. It's put out by Princeton Press. Uh, yeah, I would imagine you can find it in bookstores and you can find it online, but we'll find that out right now because the co-writer, Richard Redak, is here with us. Hey, Richard, how you doing? Welcome to Talking Pets. Hi, I'm fine. It's good it's- to be here. Great to have you on with us. I want to introduce you to Maria Ryan. Hi, Hi how are you, Richard? I'm fine. And, of course, our producer, Amanda Page. Nice to have you. Hi, Amanda. And then all of America and our radio stations across the country. Hi, America. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you, I mean, first off, like I said, I would imagine the book is available in bookstores and it's available online. Is that correct? Yeah, my understanding, uh, it just it just went out. It just came out of uh, publication and it, and it came online about the middle of September. Um and I just Googled it. It's all over the place. So um, bookstores, Amazon, all the competitors to Amazon, um, apparently everybody's got it. It's Bugs Rule, an introduction to the world of insects. And, um, you know, I absolutely love books like this because, you know, I love pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this There's is a, lot a of serious them. bug right. book. It's got it some is. major detail in I here. Know. It's quite an outstanding uh, 
information piece. My goodness. Yeah, I mean, you ever want to know anything about bugs from fleas to ticks to even spiders and stuff? And, yeah. And the one thing that I'm going to get into, I'm going to ask you a little bit about the cicadas, uh, Richard, because okay. I, I actually took a photo, actually not even a photo, I took a video of one the other day in my front yard. I never really, personally, honestly, never realized they were that ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Only to us, to other cicadas, they're beautiful. Yeah, they're I'm like, sure. Yeah. It's a strange-looking creature, though. Yeah, well, it, you know, most insects to humans do look strange. There's no doubt about that. Um, it has, you know, it's evolved to do what it does best, which is feed on plants. It spends most of its life underground feeding on roots, and then the ones you see are the adults when they pop up mate, lay eggs, the, the uh, babies come out of the eggs, they drop back down to the ground, burrow down to the ground, and start feeding on the roots again. You know, it's, so. it's interesting because on page 25 in your book here, um, Bugs Rule, you, you, there's a picture of it, a facial picture, which, you know, I do want to post on our Talking Pets YouTube page, the, the video that I took, because it's pretty awesome. And you can actually hear what they sound like. But um, in the book, you can find out all this information, too. And you said, uh, according to the book, it says that the mouth parts of the cicada, and am I saying that right? Is it cicada, cicada? Yeah, yeah. Cicada? Tomato, so, tomato, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it says the cicada are highly elongated and modified to suck fluids. Right. So, so what do they do? Suck fluids out so, of... Yeah, there's, there's a whole group of insects that are in this, this group that we call the, the hemiptera. They have mouth parts that are, not to freak anybody out, but they're kind of like um, hypodermic needles. Okay, and you freaked me out. Yeah, yeah right, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so um, but most of them in this group, there, there are a few exceptions, feed on plants with those mouth parts. And what they're evolved for is to jab into a plant um, and depending on the species of insect, but to, like cicadas will jab into the plant and they'll tap into the water conducting elements within the plant. And then they, they have a pumping mechanism in their head and then they pump all the goodies out of the plant. Will that kill the plant eventually? Um, one or two or three or a couple hundred won't, you know, if we're talking trees or something like that. But if you get millions of cicadas all going at it at once, it can certainly uh, water stress the plant. And there's, there's certain damage it can do to the plant that can deform it a little bit. Um, usually, uh, with cicada feeding, it doesn't kill the plant. Yeah, because it's inter- interesting. I just put that plant in my yard not too long ago, and that's where he was, like, doing his thing. Well, he's probably, he or she is probably not doing anything to the plant. The, with the, the major damage to the plant occurs um, with, the, with the little ones feeding down on the roots, which you're not even going to see. And, and their, their damage is, is moderate, to say the least. So it, it's I, I wouldn't really worry about it. What's the premise behind that loud sound that they make? They're it's they're <laughs> it's a bar scene. So they're calling to one another. <laughs> the, the males and the females are calling to one another, and and they're basically getting together to mate. Um, and it's so that they can attract one another over long distance in a heavy, heavy, relatively heavy forest where you can't see, but sound will carry. And so they cue in on that sound, and that's how they find one another. I'm actually like, I don't know if you can, if you can kind of hear that, but that's actually my cell phone, my iPhone, and the video that I took. But yep, there it is. There. Yep. They get revved up. It sounds like a motor. Yeah. Yep. And it actually comes out pretty good on a microphone. Um, but it was weird because this one that I was filming was doing this, and then it would stop. And then in the tree, one would start. Right. 
like calling out to each other. Yep, like, they were, like they were saying, Richard, like a bar scene. It's just saying, hey, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's skip the drink and go right to foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> that is insect foreplay, what you've got there on your cell phone. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how they find one another, and that's how that's they wild. determine one another is receptible to mating. So. Well, I don't know. If I saw this thing sitting on a bar stool next to me, I just don't think I'd be making this sound to say I want to mate with you. <laughs> <laughs> or a mouth like that, yeah. either. <laughs> keep, My goodness. Yeah, keep that uh, you know, liquid-sucking thing to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a cicada. So if anybody has a question about insects or bugs or anything like that, we have Richard on the line with us, one of the co-writers, of course. And am I saying it right? Is it Redak? Redak. Yeah, Redick. I'll answer to anything. Richard Redak. Richard Redak. Um, so uh, he is one of the co-authors, of course, with uh, Whitney Cranshaw. And um, you can find the book in bookstores. You can find it online, of course. It's put out by uh, Princeton Press. But uh, we're going to be giving uh, one or two books away as well, so stay tuned for that. And this is a must-have because this has everything you want to know about bugs in it. It's an absolutely phenomenal book. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it when we come back and about bugs, fleas, and ticks, and all the other stuff, too. So if you've got a question, now's the time to call. Richard's with us. So uh, pick up the phone and give us a call at 866-606-8255. That's 866-606-TALK. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Maria Ryan. And Amanda Page. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. 866-606-8255. Bugs Roll. An introduction to the world of insects. And you can find out more information at TalkinPets.com. T-A-L-K-I-N Pets.com. And please, join us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can watch us on the video right now, too. We're live. Check it out. We'll be right back. Right after these messages. Stay tuned. Petco. Where the pets go. Petco. Where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Maria Ryan. And Amanda Page. 866-606-8255. And right now, if you are the number seven caller, the seventh call to call in to Zach Buden, our producer at the network, we are going to send out to you a complimentary copy from uh, Princeton Press. It is called Bugs Rule, an Introduction to the World of Insects by Whitney Cranshaw and Richard Reddick. And we'll send that book out to you if you are the number seven caller to call in right now at 866-606-8255, 866-606-TALK. That's 866-606-8255. Call right now, and the book is yours. And, you know, Richard, we were talking about, of course, uh, cicadas and all, but I jumped ahead a little bit. I wanted to know, like, as soon as you open up your book, Bugs Rule, um, in the opening pages there, it says, what is an arthropod? Right. What is an arthropod? Well... 
arthropod is a is a name given to uh, a group of animals called a phylum, and it's a huge group of animals. It's it's probably the, or is the most diverse group of animals on the planet, and it's got several characteristics. So it includes insects, millipedes, spiders, scorpions, ticks, mites. Uh, what else? Lobsters, shrimp. I don't know. The list goes on and on and on and on. And what all these things are characterized by is an exoskeleton. So that crunchy hard shell that you crunch on if you were to step on an insect or what you break through to eat a crab or a lobster. Let me ask you a question because yeah. that actually is a protective device for an insect, right? But I well, it does function as protection, yeah. I mean, just as your skin does, only it's hard. So it, it not only supports the animal, but it protects the animal as well. So, be, I would imagine with like pets, though, you've got to be careful, too, because if your cat or dog are swallowing those things, it could be a little bit harmful for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I mean, you don't, yeah, you, you want to prepare them if you're going to eat them. Um, same, same with lobster. You just don't eat the whole thing. You, you get the muffled meat out of it. Um, <laughs> I want to see somebody in the restaurant crunching on that. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah I mean, maybe with shrimp, but that's about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then they, they also have jointed appendages. So you've got this thing in a shell, and it's got jointed appendages. So think about the lobster on your plate. That's another key characteristic. Um, an arthropod means jointed foot, so the jointed appendages are, are quite important in characterizing them. And then inside, they're built backwards from, from you and me. Their, their nerve system, their nerve cord, is on um, the ventral side of their body. So it would be like if your spine was on your chest and your circulatory system and your heart system would, would be in your back. So they're, mm. they're built that way. So they're built sort of backwards from, from you and I. Mm. And that includes, you know, most of the animals on the planet are arthropods. You know, I think is interesting, too, is on, on page 12 in your book, Bugs Rule, you kind of get into common name or scientific name. Yeah. So I tend to personally like the common name. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you get into that scientific name, I can't even say it. Well, I can't say most of them either. Wow. But the problem is what you might call a cricket in the United States, somebody else, it may be referring to a grasshopper on the other side of the world. They're... they're common name is not so common so um and you know what what one person calls a fly somebody else may call a beetle you know that's that's an extreme case of course but when you get down to the species level the common name is not giving you any information about what it actually is and, and if you use the scientific name the full scientific name which comprises about seven or eight words um you immediately know what its relationship is to to the rest of the animals in the arthropods or the rest of the animals on the planet, for that matter, if, you, if you're using that scientific name. But I admit, common names are really easy to use, and, and uh, there are some standard common names, and those are probably okay, but you can get into real trouble just using an average common name. Well, congratulations to Donna in Pullman, Washington. She's getting a copy of the book, of course, as we stated. It's called Bugs Rule. It's a big book, very big coffee table book, An Introduction to the World of Insects by Whitney Cranshaw and um, also by Richard Reddick. And we're speaking with Richard right now, so if you've got a question about bugs, give us a call. 866-606-TALK. 866-606-8255. Now, I've always been curious. Like, the human species... We're big animals. Yep. Um, you know, there's nothing tiny about us, for say, you might say. Um, but when you look at insects, they're always so tiny. Yeah. Why can't they be big? Well, there's several things. But one of the reasons I can't, well, some of them are quite big. I mean, the biggest insect is probably, I don't know, 
four or five times the size of your thumb, maybe the size of a small kid's fist, not much bigger than a small mouse. That's about as big as they get right now um, in terms of mass. And, and the main reason is that exoskeleton. Um, because they're using an exoskeleton and not an internal skeleton, the exoskeleton cannot support, in terms of mass, anything much bigger than the size of a mouse. It tends to implode on itself. My analogy when I'm teaching this class is a beer can. If you have a nice big can of beer and that beer can gets bigger and bigger and bigger, the problem is the mass of the beer inside is increasing by a power of three, but the strength of the aluminum that holds that beer in is only increasing by a power of two. So eventually things get so heavy and so big inside that an exoskeleton can't support it. But I have a question for you in relation to that, like a crab is yep. a, an arthropod, right? Yep. So They're what big. A, they molt, don't yep. they, and get to go through the soft shell uh-huh, season uh-huh. and all that. But I guess it's, is it the same with these other insects oh, that yeah. you have on that page? Like, yeah. So wouldn't they expand? Okay, that's, that's a very good point. So anything that's using an exoskeleton has to grow by a process called molting. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when they grow and there's internal receptors inside them that, that trigger a very, very complicated physiological process, they will molt and they will s- split out of their old shell. They've already made a new one underneath at the time they do it. So they make mm-hmm. a new one underneath. They split out of the old one. While they're splitting out of the old one, the new one, is it hasn't hardened yet. It's soft and rubbery. Mm-hmm. They'll climb out of the old one. Depending on if they're aquatic or if they're terrestrial, they will sort of expand the new one while it's soft and rubbery, get it as big as possible, provide some space for future growth inside the body. Then the thing hardens off, that they can't grow anymore. Mm-hmm. And then if they continue to grow, it happens again and again. Most mm-hmm. insects will go through... Most insects, it's hard to say, but most insects will go, I would say, through three or five, three to five molts, oh, wow. depending on the species. Same with, with the marine and aquatic mm-hmm. arthropods, crustaceans like that. They will also go through a molting process. And incidentally, the ones in the water can get, be much, much bigger because they're taking advantage of water buoyancy to help support that mass. Mm, I see. Well, Richard Redick, don't go away. We're going to be right back. We're continuing on with some questions for Richard, but if you have one, give us a call at 866-606-8255. We're talking about Bugs Rule. That's the name of the book. This book is absolutely awesome. I highly recommend going out and getting it because it's a great conversational piece and information about every bug that you can imagine. Uh, An introduction to the world of insects. Whitney Cranshaw and Richard Redick. Uh, they are the authors of the book, but if you've got a question, give us a call, 866-606-8255. When we come back, i got a story and a question for you, Richard, regarding termites. So we'll be right back with that. But once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. Give us a call at 866-606-8255. Check us out live on the webcam at TalkinPets.com, T-A-L-K-I-N, Pets.com. And please, join us on Facebook and Twitter. We'll be right back. Talking Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel 
smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. You can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet With this hour's Talking Pets news from the USA Today, here's your host, John Patch. In Reno, Nevada, state bear hunting season opened on Sunday with no reports of any bears taken, but state wildlife officials confirm Two were killed by cars. Maria? In Arizona, Grand Canyon National Park, the lawns surrounding hotels and lodges at the Grand Canyon are being removed as part of a plan to keep elk and visitors away from each other. In Bethel, Ohio, federal and state officials would try to protect East Fork State Park from the spread of three killing Asian longhorn beetles. Uh, by the removing 7,200 trees from the adjacent East Fork Wildlife Area. In Knoxville, Tennessee, the Knox County Commission today will consider a measure to transfer the 400-acre Seven Island Wildlife Refuge to the state. In Chicago, Illinois, a Shed Aquarium celebrated Granddad, the Australian longfish's arrival 80 years ago, during the 1933 World's Fair, a granddad is the world's oldest known living fish in an aquarium. Australian lungfish have one lung and can surface to breathe air. In Albany, New York, the Division of Cemeteries has finalized rules allowing pet cemeteries to accept the cremated remains of humans. Very cool. The cemeteries can bury pets' owners' ashes as long as they don't charge a fee and don't advertise human burial services. In Fort Pierce, Florida, Cheetah the Chimpanzee won $10,000 for Save the Chimps Sanctuary, where he lives by winning an art contest sponsored by the Humane Society of the United States. He beat out five other chimps from across the USA with a painting of yellow, red, and blue strokes. In Covington, Kentucky, the Northern Kentucky Health Department is warning residents to limit their compact their contact, sorry, contact with bats after a usually high number of people, 13, have gotten rabies vaccines because of their exposure to the animals. 
Amazing. The rabies. Got to be careful. Yes. 866-606-TALK. 866-606-8255. That's the number to call with your questions. Don't forget, you can check us out live on the webcam at TalkinPets.com. That's T-A-L-K-I-N, Pets.com, TalkinPets.com. And please join us on Facebook and Twitter. We'd like to have you join the family. Uh, we're over like 10,000 now, and we'd like to see 10,000 more. So join us there on Facebook and Twitter. But once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Maria Ryan. And Amanda Page. And we're speaking, of course, with Richard Redek. He's the uh, co-author of Bugs Rule, put out by Princeton Press. This is Talkin' Pets. You're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Maria Ryan. And I'm Amanda Page. 866-606-TALK. 866-606-8255. That's the number to call with your questions. We welcome them on. 866-606-8255. Richard, we have a question for you. But before we go to that real quick, I want to ask you this. I mean, it was interesting. Um, friends of mine bought a townhouse here in the Tampa Bay area where we produced the program from across the country. And um, I was. they asked me one day to go over... <laughs> To go over there and um, put a light on or lock something up. Oh, it was the air conditioning, so it was. Anyway, but I walk in there, and, you know, I, I just walked in to check the doors, make sure the doors are locked and that kind of thing. You know, it's like one of their part-time places. And I look on the floor, and at the front door and the back door, there was these round circles. <laughs> they looked like crop circles, you know. <laughs> and it looked like coffee or something, like in, in perfectly round circles. Like pretty big, too. And I'm like... I'm, I was freaking out a little bit. <laughs> I'm thinking, is this place possessed? <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting for some demon to jump on me or something. It was the weirdest thing I've ever, ever seen. It turns out that it's a row of townhouses, and apparently the townhouses have termites. Okay. And these things are, like, everywhere, apparently. And I heard that they drop from, like, the ceilings and stuff. That's excrement. Is that true? Yeah, uh the circle sounds a little weird, but, um, well, I'm not familiar with the termites in Florida. It's tropical. It's different than it would be over here in California. But, yeah, so what termites do is they feed on wood, and they munch it up, and so what they're pooping out the other end is, is largely little compacted sawdust pellets, mm-hmm. and it looks like sort of sawdust, little little wood shavings, almost dust-like. Um, if you look at it really carefully, it looks like, uh, again, my beer analogy comes into place, looks like little <laughs> tiny beer barrels. But that's what they're doing, is they're munching on the wood, and then they're kicking it out through, they make a little hole somewhere, and then they will kick it out, and you'll get a rain of sawdust. Yeah, these things, I'm not kidding you, it's crop circles. I mean, perfectly round circles of this stuff. You have, they had OCD Oh, it's bizarre. <laughs> it really is bizarre. 
But yeah, I mean, you, I mean, of course, you got to treat and get rid of them, and that's what they have to tempt the yep, entire. They got to tempt the entire thing. Yeah, and that's what they're going to have to do. We got a question, a uh, comment from George in Othello, Washington. Hey, George, how you doing? Nice to hear from you, George. You there? Yeah, hi, John. How hey, you? George, how are you? Oh, we had a bad storm come through here last about a week ago, and a ninety mile an hour tornado. Wow! Did a lot of damage. Just uprooted. Is everybody trees. okay? Well, power was out for a few days, and mm. it uprooted lots of trees. Uh, knocked down trees out down in the city in the park, and I'm just everywhere. People, a lot of damage everywhere. Wow! But it's it's Mother Nature. You know, it's weird because I was just looking, reading some stuff about you know hurricanes are very not as many as normal like this year so far. Right. But the storms that we've been getting are such intensification that it's it's frightening. Take a look at Colorado. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Man, I don't feel so bad because Colorado's still getting. Yeah, it's it's just, just devastating there. A matter of fact, there's a video on our homepage at talkingpets.com that I posted on the homepage there of Colorado and the floods and the amount of dogs and cats and horses and other animals that were being rescued. And a lot of people learned their lesson from Katrina. And now these people going in, like the military and all the governments, are actually saving the pets because people will not leave their homes without their pets. That's right. Yeah, and that, and that can cause some problems too if they yeah. if they stay to help their pets and they get hurt too. You know, what I mean. Sure. But it it, it 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 is remarkable. They did learn some lessons from Katrina. So Definitely. Let's hope it. Uh, let's just hope we don't quit getting the super storms. I guess they're going to have a big one over in uh, China right now. 150 mile an hour winds are talking. To, so. Uh, it's amazing. That's not good. <laughs> the world has definitely changed. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I wanted to ask your guest. Uh, uh, we got kind of extended Indian summer here, and it's been real hot weather, and uh, uh, we get a lot of mosquitoes. And uh, I heard in the old days of mosquitoes, you could always tell a mosquito was going to sneak up on you because you could hear them coming, you know, because they make this noise. But mm-hmm. now they don't. I mean, you can go outside and get bit any time of the day, daytime, nighttime, whenever. And they kind of sneak up on you, and you don't even realize it until they, until they're biting you, and you know you have to start scratching. But uh, I just wondered, is there a difference in the mosquitoes that used to be? Or no, um, they still make noise. It kind of, you know, it, it must be quieter. <laughs> well, um, you know, I don't hear them as well as I used to at yeah, my age. That's yeah. that's one thing. Um, but I'm with you on make, that one. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> they they still make noise, and the and the noise is is the. Uh, uh, the beat of their wings. What you're hearing is the the buzzing of their wings, and it's a very high pitch frequency. Well, I heard it was uh, just the females that did that. Both males and females will have a wing beat frequency um, that that um, you can hear. The males, interestingly, don't bite. The males aren't aren't the ones that bite. It's yeah. it's just those vicious females are the ones that are that are biting. Um, oh, I could say something right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> don't you dare! <laughs> all bring up the ex-wife jokes and all the rest of that, right? You are outnumbered, right, Amanda? Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surrounded by women right behaves. now. The kind and gentle males do not bite. Um, <laughs> there you go. But, but oh, the I males, see. Males have these elaborate antenna. You know, you brought up cicada sounds before. The males hone in and find the females based on that wing beat frequency. So the males are listening to them as well. But um, we've got pretty much the same mosquitoes as, as we always have. There's, there's, there may be a couple new invasive species, um, um, so but so they're, <laughs> up there it's the same ones you've always had. Oh, okay. Pretty uh, much. Are they attracted to different people more than some other people? Yeah, nobody really knows why. So, I mean, um, just speaking of ex-wives, mine hardly <laughs> ever got bitten. Um, and they would just zero in on me and chew me up. 
No, um, I'm the same way. I could be in a group of 100 people, and yeah. no one will get bit, and I'll be eaten alive. Yeah, so they, they, are cute. they do cue in differently to different people. They're, they're using a, a variety of host odors, carbon dioxide and a variety of host odors, and depending on how your body gives off I those odors smell. and carbon dioxide, <laughs> they will or will not find you. Is, any, is, is it true that if you wear cologne, though, that enhances the attraction, or no? no I haven't heard that. Okay. I mean, I've heard. I have not seen any data to support that. Let's put it that way. <laughs> is there any natural thing you can use to stop them from biting you, or, or other than chemicals? Well, there's a lot of claims that there are, but the best thing out there is a compound that's in a variety of commercial products called DEET. Yeah. Um, and it is long-lasting and it's very, very effective. Um, nothing else really comes close to it. Um, there is, I think, a mixture, I think, of, don't hold me to it, I'd have to check, I want to say eucalyptus and lemon oil that has been approved by Centers for Disease Control as an effective repellent, but it doesn't last as long. So, um, you know, I gotta, I gotta for ask me, you. I stick to DEET. Richard, asking you in terms of, like, um, like these insects and everything, what about in terms of like pain? I know Pete is going to love me for asking this question, but like when you slap an insect, like a, like for instance the mosquitoes that we're talking about, do they yep. feel that? I mean, do they automatically? It's like well, we have to define what you mean by feel. Do they feel the pain? I mean, <laughs> no. if, if they live through that slap, I mean, are they going to be like, oh my god, so, I'm dying? So. Insects, as far as we have, and a lot of people have looked, there are no pain receptors in an insect. So they're not feeling pain like we feel pain. They can feel differences in temperature, but it doesn't trigger into pain. Like, you know, we can feel differences in temperature, and if it gets too hot or too cold, it'll hurt. They don't have the hurt. They can feel pressure. They can feel a lot of other things. But to the best of our knowledge, they're not feeling any pain whatsoever. That's good. Well, George, I hope that answers some of the questions for you there. I had a question for him. Shoot into my windshield when I'm going down the highway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I bet you got a lot of mosquitoes on that windshield. <laughs> anyway, I should get talking to you guys. You take care out there, okay? You too, George. Bye, okay, George. Thanks for the question. You bet. That's George in Othello, Washington. Great guy. And by the way, uh, just to know, it's nice to know that those mosquitoes, once they hit the windshield, don't feel that pain. No, and I don't feel bad anymore. Actually, I never did with mosquitoes. But yeah. I mean, the mosquitoes in Florida are, I got to tell you, they're way bigger than the mosquitoes in New York. I don't I'm know. just saying it. I no, mean, I know. They are. There are big mosquitoes down here, but I was just recently up in Pennsylvania. There's big ones up there, too. So, oh, really? You know, size is you know, not everything. So, <laughs> okay. Anyway, we'll be right back with Richard Riddick. Riddick uh, Richard, don't go away. i got a couple more questions for you. All right. We're going to give away one more copy of the book, so if you call right now at 866-606-8255 and speak with Zach, our producer, we're going to make it the number five. If you're the number five caller into the show... You're going to get a copy of Bugs Rule, an introduction to the world of insects, put out by, of course, Princeton Press, Princeton University Press, and it's uh, co-authored by Whitney Cranshaw and Richard Reddick, who's on the air with us right now. And if you've got a question for Richard, call us now while he's with us, 866-606-8255, 866-606-TALK. Of course, I've got to bring up the subject of fleas, and i got one or two questions for you on that, Richard, when we return. We're speaking with Richard Reddick, and he's the co-author of Bugs Rule. You're listening to Talkin' Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Maria Ryan. And Amanda Page. 866-606-TALK. Talkin' Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. 
that smart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Hi, I'm Lisa Smith-Putnam, the host of the new and exciting show, Your Pets, My Dogs, here on Pet Life Radio. Your Pets, My Dogs will feature celebrity interviews, we'll talk to everyday pet owners, and more. Listen, I am here to entertain you each and every week, right here on Pet Life Radio. Again, that's Your Pets, My Dogs. I'm your host, Lisa Smith-Putnam. Your Pets, My Dogs. Your Pets, My Dogs. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Some helicopters rescuing people after massive flooding in Colorado carried more than dogs, cats, and fish than people. With the Talking Pets News Brief, I'm Amanda Page. Rescuers using zip lines to evacuate people over raging rivers also risked their lives to make sure the four-legged members of their family were safe. In contrast to stories of people forced to leave their pets when New Orleans was swamped by Hurricane Katrina, the motto during one of the largest evacuations in Colorado history was no pets left behind. That's because including pets in their rescue effort helped convince even reluctant residents to leave their homes. Officials also had more than enough space for the animals and even carried animal crates with them. More than 800 pets have been ferried to safety with their owners via helicopter, the National Guard said. Hundreds more were rescued by ground crews. Livestock like horses and cattle were left behind, but a monkey was among those saved. One safety on dry ground, Red Cross shelters had water bowls on site and kennels, and all the necessary supplies to ensure already stretched evacuees wouldn't be separated from their pets. Reporting for Talking Pets, I'm Amanda Page. And you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Maria Ryan. And Amanda Page. 866-606-8255 is the number. Congratulations, matter of fact, to George in Othello, Washington. He is the one that called in number five, getting a copy of the book, Bugs Rule, an introduction to the world of insects, by Whitney Cranshaw and Richard Reddick. And you can find it in bookstores. You can also find it online, put out by Princeton University Press. Great book, highly recommend it, and a lot of great information. 866-606-8255, as promised. Richard, I said that we would talk about uh, fleas. And I want to ask you about that because, of course, with, with our audience, uh, Talking Pets, a lot of people are concerned about fleas. Mm-hmm. Is there any kind of highlights that you can fill us in on about these guys? And do you have a recommendation what really would kill them or kill the life cycle? I mean, there's a lot of products out there. Well, the, the 
products that work best, you know, in California, I'm not allowed to recommend anything without a pest control license. So, um, but the products out there that contain uh, insecticides known as fipronil or imidacloprid seem to work quite well, and it's the, the monthly treatments that you give your dog or your cat. And the stuff actually distributes through the animal's body um, and kills a flea when it feeds on the animal. So your your dog or cat becomes toxic to the flea. Um, other things that ought to be done while you're doing that is routinely clean the bedding of wherever your animal sleeps because only the adult fleas are found on the animals and they will lay eggs on the animals. The eggs fall off usually in the bedding. Um, hatch and the larval stage of the flea feeds on um, skin debris and dried blood that falls off the animal as a result of the adult feeding. That's what the flea larvae feed on, but they're doing that in in the animal's bedding area. So now, if, 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 they, if these guys don't have a host, like yeah. a, a dog or a cat, or right. you know, can they survive? They can survive a fairly long time, not years and years, but but certainly weeks. Um, if not months, depending on the species. So it's it's important to get that bedding clean. You know, have have a routine like once a month, clean your dog's bed, shake it out, hose it off, set it in the sun for a little while, and, and get all that junk out of there. Um, as well as treat the animal. You know, it's amazing because such a little tiny creature, and you talk about that exoskeleton, they're very hard to kill. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I you ever tried to mash one with your fingernails? Right, you know exactly. Yeah, you how can't. Hard they are. It's almost impossible. Do, do these guys drown? I mean, if you put them in, I heard if you put a light over like a thing of water, that they'll hop into it because of the heat, and then they'll fall in the water and supposedly drown. Is that myth or truth? It's probably true. If you want to go through all of that effort to put put a light over the toilet and the water and <laughs> yeah, all that, right? Um, I got dogs and cats. I don't do that. <laughs> I'll be tripping over the water. Do people need to be worried though? Because you know, as you and you even mentioned it in your in your book, uh, Bugs Rule is that plague. Typically, no, not from your pets. Plague is not too much of a problem in North America. What it is, uh, where it is, is a problem in North America. The high the high point is in the Four Corners area, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Utah. And there the fleas are hanging out on rodent populations, ground squirrels, things like that. Mm. And there it's called sylvatic plague, which means it's a disease of wild animals. And the problem is the wild animals are hosting the plague bacteria. The fleas, if you you know come across a sick squirrel in a campground and you're playing, your kids are playing with a sick squirrel or your, pet, your dog's got a sick squirrel in its mouth or something, the fleas can leave the squirrel and then bite you and then transmit the bacteria, which is what plague is, to you. And then, and that's where a plague case will start. But, you know, if, if you're living in downtown New York, Miami, Los Angeles, or something like that, Denver, no plague there. You don't really need to worry about it. Well, i got to ask you before we say goodbye about this, uh, about your book, Bugs Rule, because, I mean, I could talk to you forever on all this information because there's so much packed into this book. It, I mean, it, I highly recommend this book. It's a great book. Thank um, you. But I want to ask you uh, before we say goodbye, and it's kind of weird because in certain countries I see this happening, but can you eat these guys? Can you eat these insects and bugs and stuff? Is that sure, healthy? Sure, sure. Well, there, there's some you got to be careful of. We can talk about that later. But in general, um, they're very healthy. The exoskeleton is fiber. It's going to go right through you. Just like a piece of celery, uh, you got to chew it up. So crunchy. They're anywhere from 30 to 80 percent protein, relatively low fat. As far as the nutritional quality goes, they're very, very healthy. Like for instance, crickets. Yeah. Good. Yeah. 
Have you ever eaten any of these bugs? Or yeah, I, I actually, when I was in graduate school, there's a funny story where there were at some party, you know, where people put out, you know, you're drinking beer and there's bowls of peanuts and things uh-huh. like that out. And, of course, it was an entomology department, and <laughs> you should always be worried about that if you ever yes. go to a party. And I'm sitting there drinking a beer, putting my hand in what I thought was a big bowl of peanuts and just munching away. Turns out they were grasshopper heads that had been sautéed in um, soy sauce with um, a little bit of cayenne. Very, very good. Last time I'm at that party. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. You wouldn't even know it. I mean, it's... it's That's wild. This little round, it's like, um, what are those, uh, dried peas, that, that wasabi peas? Oh, yeah, the wasabi peas. Uh-huh. It was like that. You wouldn't even know it. Well, little... Richard, i got to thank you for coming on. we got to say goodbye, but th- sure. you know, this has been great. I mean, I love your book, Bugs Rule. And, and thank you. There's so much yeah. great information. You were a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. You bet. Talk to you later. Thanks, right. Richard. Bye. Bye-bye. That's Richard Reddick, one of the co-authors with uh, Whitney Cranshaw of the book Bugs Rule. An introduction to the world of insects, available in bookstores and online, and of course, it's put out by Princeton University Press. I'm John Patch. I'm Maria Ryan. And Amanda Page. We say goodbye for this hour of Talking Pets. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.